Hey guys. Hi everyone. Welcome back to Crimes Through the Times. I'm Lauren. And I'm Haley. And today Lauren is going to be telling us a couple different stories about women and the violence that was committed against them. Um, and actually, today is the first day of Women's History Month, which is pretty cool. We are actually re-recording this episode because our first re our first recording of this episode was not great. Yeah, the vibe just wasn't there. It wasn't, but I'm excited we're talking. Well, I'm not excited to be talking about this topic, but it's a good month to be talking about it because it is Women's History Month. I used to think March is like the most boring month ever, but then Women's History Month happened, so. That makes it more exciting. Also, it's your birthday month. Yeah, but so. I don't like my birthday, so <laughs> But it's still exciting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's still fun. All right. So my first story today is about Caroline Nozel. She was born May 1st, 1991 in Rockford, Illinois, to her parents James Nozel and Jane Nozel. James and Jane. Yes. They have very, like, classic names, like James, Jane, and Caroline, just, like, old-timey names. Yeah. Um, she was a very sweet girl and was super close with her family, and um, she was at home. Um, at 24 years old, Caroline worked at m- the Metro Market Convenience Store as the produce manager in Madison, Wisconsin. Everyone at work, as well as, like, her entire community, had nothing but positive things to say about her. Um, Wait, so, does she, does she live with her parents? Yes. So they moved to Wisconsin? Yes, they all moved to Wisconsin, yeah. She was just born in Illinois, but she, they her whole family lives in Wisconsin. Okay, so she lives with her parents. Yes. Like, what we do. <laughs> <laughs> but February 2nd, 2016 was just like any other day. Caroline's co-workers said she seemed normal, happy even, but when her 12 to 8 p.m. shift ended, Caroline clocked out. As she left the building, she was attacked. And she was shot in the chest. Oh my gosh. And then she immediately fell to the ground. Her attacker shot her in the head, and then he fled the scene. Oh my gosh. I know. We're starting off. That was like abrupt. Yeah, we're starting off very abrupt. We're going to get into the. I was like, what? I'm not not expecting it to happen that fast. It's over. Just kidding. So. The police and paramedics arrived. They found Caroline in the parking lot, and, like, she's collapsed on the ground. They brought her to the hospital. There, she unfortunately passed away. Um, They immediately determined her cause of death was two close-range gunshot wounds, and then her manner of death was homicide. So, they had so many questions, like, who would ever hurt this, like, loved member of the city? Was it random? Are people safe? Okay, without many questions to any of, like, the family and the convenience store, the police found their prime suspect, and a story started to unfold about the previous months. Christopher O'Crowley, age 26, worked with Nozel and was in the meat department. So he was her co-worker? He was her co-worker. I, well, I think we both have stories of working with sketchy co-workers. Yeah, very, Yeah. <laughs> So, he was really quiet and a bit of a loner. Um, said, some said that there was something off about him. 
Caroline, being the sweet and friendly person um, she is, made friends with Chris. He was invited um, when, like, Caroline and other co-workers would go out for drinks after work, and there were a few times, you know, they hung out, just the two of them, like, they did things together. They were friends. I never, like, hung out with co-workers after work. Actually, that's a lie. On Halloween, when I, I used to work at Michael's, like, forever ago, uh-huh. and... Um, one time, me and my coworker we were dressed in Halloween costumes, and if you go to Chipotle in Halloween costumes, uh, they give you, like, a burrito, like, half off or something. That's so cool. And so I, we stood in line, like, in our Halloween costumes to get a half off burrito. Oh. And then she had to leave while we were still standing in line, so then it was just me standing in line by myself. But I went out with my coworker to get burritos one time. I was never invited, so... <laughs> I never, I didn't have a desire to hang out with my coworkers anyway. Um, so the, you know they hung out a lot, and at one point she brought Chris home after spending the day together and introduced him to her parents. And they told police that they didn't get a good feeling about him. You know the first encounter that they had, but they never said anything to Caroline because she was a grown woman and could make her own decisions. A few weeks later, there were a ton of rumors going around the store. Apparently, they said it was like a high school work environment um, with rumors and dramas. Oh, like... Like my job. Yeah, like your job. Yeah, so much drama <laughs> for no reason. I mean, I kind of experienced that at work, but I'm... It's not high school, it's middle school drama, so... <laughs> <laughs> and it's not the... It's not us it's the kids yeah they're middle schoolers <laughs> and i mean i'm not gonna share any of these stories yet <laughs> with you people but you put your two weeks notice on, like on over, the podcast on, on our podcast whoops i'm just kidding um <laughs> one day i'll share these stories they'll be good <laughs> so um these rumors they were bad Rumors so are, this is... Okay, I'm sorry. No, you're fine. This is before she died. There, these yes. rumors are happening. Yes. So this is, like, several months before. These are... The, this is a police, like, sort of, like... They're like, who could have done this, for like, to her? Yeah. And then they're asking these questions, and then this story is just, like... Unfolding. Unfolding at the seams. They're like, okay, this is completely laid out for us. Yeah, and this is what, like, uh, her coworkers are saying about yeah. this person. Yeah. Yeah, so this Chris guy is a little bit sketchy, and these rumors are going around. Uh, they're, they're terrible. Yeah. They were saying that Chris, um, remember, this guy is 26 at the time. Oh, no. He was flirting and hitting on a 16-year-old girl. Ew. Well, Caroline, you know, she's trying to find the best in people. She didn't know what was true and what wasn't. Yeah. So, she kept inviting him to things when, like, all the coworkers went out. She, like, nothing changed. But one night after drinking with coworkers, Caroline had a few too many drinks, and Chris took her back to his place. Oh, I'm scared. And the next morning, she, like, woke up. I, like, she didn't think anything happened, and nothing's yeah. been confirmed or anything. But she just felt so uncomfortable, and she's like why am I here? Yeah, why didn't you take me home? Yeah, and she realized that he, like, liked her, and she did not... Yeah. The feelings were not reciprocated, and she was like, 
no way I'm going to distance myself from this kid. We've all been there. Yeah, and she did not want to spend any time with him anymore. And Chris noticed the change, and he did not like it. Um, He called and texted her constantly, inviting her to come out with him, but she always, like, said that she was busy and had excuses ready to go. Yeah. Um, of course, they still work together, so she couldn't escape him That's completely. That's so awkward. I That's... know. So, she couldn't escape him, so Chris would literally follow her around the store and try to sit and talk with her when she was on her break. And I don't know about this store, but, like, where I work, usually only one person is allowed on their break at a time. Sometimes if there's enough people working, then two at most. So this kid is, like, not doing his job. Is this, like, a grocery store, though? Yeah. I feel like, because when I worked, um, sometimes there was more of us. Like, there was, yeah. every once in a while, there would be, like, multi- like two of us on our yeah. break or something. It definitely it depends. It depends on, like, when you're working. Yeah. Like, certain hours are busier. Yeah. Or if it's a weekend. But still, he's, like... Well, that's, like, the worst is when you're on your break and your coworker's trying to talk to you. Like, I know. I literally want no social interaction. I know. I just want to put my brain. AirPods in. Please leave me alone. Like, especially with you. Like, there's some coworkers you would want to talk to. And we're like, not nah, you weirdo. I remember a coworker literally would, like, avoid at work. I think we all have those kind of work. So, she was very upset with this whole situation. And her family saw how this was affecting her personal life. She was just, like, on edge all the time. She was just, like, I don't think she was really scared. She was more just, like, frustrated at the situation. This guy won't leave her alone. And so she finally told Chris to just, like, leave her alone. Like, please go away. Good for her. I know. Good for her. I That was a girl boss moment. I don't. You set those boundaries. I I do that. But, um... I feel like you would do that if it was really, yeah. like, affecting you. Probably. Because, like, you get pushed to a point where you're like, yeah. I gotta say something. Yeah, this is true. After Caroline told Chris to leave her alone, Chris began to spiral, and, you know, this rejection was just really hard on him, and he started harassing female employees, and... All together? Like, just... Yeah, just, like, like you know showering them with compliments type of thing oh, but like weirdly okay like and then i thought it was just like being spiteful till i was like all women well, and yes like, yes but like to all the female co-workers all the employees he'd like he'd like you know compliment them but like creepy it's a creepy creepy chris <laughs> creepy chris so we all know a creepy I know, chris creepy chris <laughs> so he's oh, no. like telling them they're beautiful Ew. but like in a creepy, yeah. sleazy way. And then he would ask them for sexual favors. <gasps> oh my gosh. Okay, I will say that guy, he was, he told me that he liked to watch me bend over at work. And I said that he was sexually harassing me. And he was like, they're not sexually harassing you. And I was like, please don't ever talk to me ever again. So December 2015, at a work Christmas party... Which, can I just say that I went to one work party, absolutely hated it, will never go to another work party again. It was just not fun. I went, when I did my internship, we did a murder mystery party, and that was super fun. But everyone in my internship was like, it was like good vibes, though. Yeah. Oh, 
everyone that I work with, it's a wide range of people. So we have high schoolers, we have like yeah. middle aged women that are moms, and then you have like you have me, and I'm just like I don't. It wasn't like an like a like the office like Christmas party. No, it's not that cool. No Belschnickel or anything. No be- Belschnickel, or um, or Michael Scott dressing up like Jesus. <laughs> sorry, Jesus. Sorry, your party's so lame. <laughs> <laughs> when they, they have the intervention from Meredith, and she's like, I'm not an alcoholic. <laughs> I love all the Christmas episodes. They're so good. <laughs> Michael's reading the thing, has it ever made you question the Mormon faith? And then Oscar's like, where did you get this? Uh, that's so good. Sorry, that was a little bit of a tangent. But, I mean, so this is at a work Christmas party. So work Christmas parties are supposed to be fun. Yeah. And a little bit awkward. This is a lot of bit awkward. Of course. Because um, Chris, who's Creepy Chris. super nasty, showed Caroline explicit <gasps> pictures of a young girl. Oh my gosh! That was working in the bakery portion <gasps> of the store. Mm, that's when you're like, 911, I gotta... Yeah. Beep, boop, beep, boop. So, Caroline, being rightfully disgusted, calls him a disgrace. <laughs> <laughs> a disgrace. <laughs> I thought this was kind of funny. I was, like, a little bit confused. I was like, well, did she say anything else? Which she probably You're did. A disgrace. But. To humanity. I know, but I was like, I feel like I would have a stronger reaction. But she could have been really scared of him, too, yeah. that she didn't want to go yeah. off at him. So, Caroline was sick to her stomach about this whole situation. Oh, I would be too. She told her mom about it right away, and she just said, don't worry about it. Stay out of it. Stay out of it? Yeah. Okay, like, yeah, stay out of it, but if you see that, like... See something, say something. Yeah, I guess she's not, like, a mandatory reporter or anything, but I feel like... As, like, adults, we're all technically kind of, like, mandated yeah. reporters. So if you see that, say something. Well, so she was also telling some of her friends, and, I mean, a lot of her friends were her coworkers. Yeah. Um, because she wasn't in school, so that's why she was hanging out with her coworkers yeah. all the time. Um, it's, like, a smaller community, probably. Yeah. So she's telling her friends, and they say go to the police and don't even tell, like, the store management. Yeah. They're just All like, right. go friend, to the police. Yeah, exactly. Her friends are giving her good advice. But the then, this, this is crazy, it just escalates. The next month, January 2016, Chris, all of a sudden, arrested for assault. So this same young girl that he showed pictures oh to Caroline gosh. of, um, he took her back to his place on Christmas... Like, at the Christmas party? It The resource that I found, it said on Christmas, but it could have been around, like, it could have, mm-hmm. it just, like, Christmas time, yeah. so in December. And he gave her some sort of mixed drink. They also smoked together. Uh-huh. And then the next morning, this girl woke up, no clothes. And... Where'd she wake up at? At his house. At his house? Yeah. So this guy is he is a disgrace. He's a disgrace to humanity. So the other like people are finding out about this because he's arrested. Yeah. Good. And the other employees were positive that Chris was gonna get fired and go to jail. Yeah. Nope. 
Oh my gosh. How does he not get fired at least? So the store was not going to fire him until the police's investigation had concluded. Okay. Which makes no sense. At, how did like, he... Why did he get let, like... Okay. Okay, so he wasn't fired. No, he wasn't fired, which is absolutely ridiculous. But he was arrested? He was arrested, but they were doing an investigation and, you know... Why did it, I don't I, I don't know maybe I just don't understand like that part of like the law enough like me either but he was like like he was free he was I think they but like I feel like if you have like I don't I don't know because I haven't really like that's not what I studied in school or anything but like you think if you have like explicit pictures of someone of a minor you'd be still in jail yeah it makes no but did sense. they not see those pictures I yeah. don't I. I don't think so. I don't know if they did. Like, I feel like they would ke- would have kept him in jail. It just does not make sense, which is very annoying. Like, yeah. But point is, he's he's arrested for like a brief moment. I think maybe it, maybe my resources are saying arrested. Maybe he was just investigated, investigated. and and they never came they to a conclusion. Yeah. Also, if we're just spouting nonsense and you guys know better, you can go ahead and tell us that we're spouting nonsense. So, January 22nd, he started texting Caroline again. Oh my goodness, I literally be like... I know. Why is this disgrace? I know, she literally is like, you're a disgrace, he leaves her alone because he's focused on some other person, he's preying on this other girl, and now he doesn't have that opportunity anymore, so he's back to Caroline. And, like, this dude literally got, like, in trouble. I know. But, like, not in trouble, but in trouble. So he's texting her a bunch, she's trying not to respond, she's just trying to ignore it. (laughs) Could she not, like, block him? I don't know, like... Maybe they have like old phones they can't block. Maybe I I have no idea. I would have just blocked you. I mean, blocked him, but it just I don't know. Maybe she did, and like he kept. They they get new phones. They find ways to message you on like other people's phones, like the craziest things. Like think of any like any app that you could probably message someone on. They like find ways. So it probably was like that. Yeah. So like he's texting her a lot, and she's just. Doesn't want any part of it. And he's getting more and more mad that she's not responding. So he's texting her about how she's a terrible person and, like, gross stuff. Don't want to don't wanna say what he's saying. Um, but then she responds with, like, are you drunk? Like, why are you texting me? And then she finally was like, please leave me alone. Yeah. And Caroline hated, like, she was upset with these texts hated her whole experience, so she was so scared that she brought her parents with her to report this to the store management the next day on the 23rd of January. The store suspended Chris because of this, but was finally fired on February 1st, which was the day before Caroline was killed. And don't get me wrong, I'm glad he was fired, but why did it take them so long? Like, he literally assaults someone and gets arrested and nothing happens... Is this like a like a mainstream place? No, no, no. It's like I was like, who do we have to boycott? Safely? <laughs> no, it's um, it's a, it's a metro market, but he like 
he assaults someone and he doesn't get fired. And then he sends horrible texts and that's what sends the management over the edge. They're like, we have to get this guy. Like, Maybe it's because they it? have like 100% proof. Maybe. Which I think is gross. Like, that, If there's any allegations, just yeah. like, uh, I get it, find another job at a different like grocery store. Yeah. I'm sorry. But I feel like maybe it was because like they needed like proof. I don't know. That's stupid. This is like like Me Too movement stuff, and like people didn't people like don't believe. It's so gross. It is gross. So the police find out that the day before the murder, the day that Chris was fired, Chris went to a local sporting goods store and purchased a nine millimeter pistol and ammunition. And then. Um, after Caroline's murder, her parents found out about her death in literally the worst way possible. Um, on the news. On the news. The police didn't, they didn't even get to her parents' house until like midnight that night. And her shift ended at 8 p.m. So that's like when she was leaving. That So say it happened at like 8.05 p.m. Yeah. That she was killed. The police, obviously, they they like get her to the hospital. Yeah. And then... I, that makes sense to me why it could probably take that long for them. It doesn't make sense to me that... I mean, it does, because, like, the media can be, like... I know. But why wouldn't there, like, her boss, like, probably has someone's number on file, like, a, an emergency contact. Like, why can't yeah, they call him up? Literally makes true. no sense. Like, why didn't... Like, well, as you can see, her boss, like, sucks. <laughs> Poor... Toxic workplace environment, so. I know, it's it's crazy, but, um, so after Caroline's death, um, immediately after, they, the police are focusing on Christopher O'Crowley, and they're wanting to find him because he was on the run, and he confessed to someone, actually, in a text message oh about gosh. this crime, and this text message said. Lied to their boss. <laughs> This text message said, I killed Caroline, and I'm about to kill myself, so don't be surprised when I don't respond anymore. I really hope your life is good. Did it say who he texted? No. But it was just, like, it was just a friend. That's what it said. So, 17 hours after Caroline's murder, Chris was found behind a department store. Um, the police started yelling at him, commanding him to take his hands out of his pockets, and then he started firing at them. Chris started firing yes. at the police? The, Chris started shooting at them, and then he took off running, which is the worst move you can make. Oh my gosh. And so Chris eventually drops the gun, and the police catch up to him. I'm surprised that he wasn't shot. I don't know. But, I'm surprised he wasn't Swiss cheese. Um... Chris was charged with first-degree intentional homicide and first-degree reckless endangerment and was sentenced to life in prison. He was also given... (laughs) He was also given an additional five years for shooting an officer. Sadly, the sexual assault case was eventually dropped. He was serving his time in in a Wappen correctional institution. Because Chris was, like, such a control freak and, you know, just needed that last bit of showing Caroline's family that he had this control over it. And he just wanted to hurt them even more. One last time, on May 1st, 
Caroline's birthday in 2017, what would have been her 25th birthday, he committed suicide. Oh my gosh! Yeah, so one, just one last, like, insult to energy. Yeah, he's like, hmm. Yeah, he just wanted it all about him. He needs the attention on him, which is... Well, it uh, makes sense that he's got control issues because, like, people that, like, assault other people... Like, oh, people are like, oh, she was wearing a short skirt, or, like, whatever, she's asking for it. No, it's literally, like, the guy's, like, issues, got control yeah. issues, and he just wants to show that he can control someone else. Yeah, same with, like, the, he's going after her after she's rejecting him, it's because he doesn't have control yeah. over the situation, doesn't have control over her. And so, another thing that's Black. absolutely devastating is Caroline's parents were so mad at the the store's management because... I would be too. Well, because they felt that they had unnecessarily put a target on their daughter's back, the management put Chris's text messages to Caroline in a letter that they read to him when they fired him. Yeah. Oh my gosh! So then he, like, Chris feels like him being fired was all her fault, yeah. and then it was fresh on his mind, and then he goes and buys a gun, and then goes after her. That's literally terrible. Because you, like, you feel like when you come to people, and you tell them something, you're, like, you hope that they don't, like, say that, oh, you are the one who told someone. Like, yeah. This, like, sensitive information. Yeah. Because if I, if I really wanted to tell, like, I would have told him myself if... Or, like, I mean, sorry, I, she would have told him him herself if she wanted him to know yeah. that she said these things. So, her parents have since filed a lawsuit against the people who own the Metro Market, which is Kroger Limited Partnership, because Kroger. they failed to warn and protect Caroline. Um, nothing has come from this yet, though, this lawsuit. Yeah, I think lawsuits usually take... Forever. Yeah. Especially so, if it's, like, connected to Kroger, because Kroger's more, like, like mainstream, like, big Yeah. And the, this is more of a monies. small thing. Yeah. It's, like, just they own this. So, so, so sad. That is so sad. Um, and he said some terrible things while in prison um, and while being sentenced. Like, he was on suicide watch because of his letter, and, like, yeah. he just wanted to kill himself. But... He was constantly saying things about how he would have killed her sooner, and Ew. he just needed. Bye bye. Yeah, good he, riddance. He just needed to practice shooting. Ew. First. Yeah, that's Literally. like that's giving me like going back to uh, Cassie Joe. Yeah, Stoddard. That's giving me those like creepo vibes of like the boys that did that to her. So that is the case of. Caroline Nozel. So, so sad. That is really sad. Devastating. Um, and then my next story for you is um, about the disappearance of Molly Tibbetts. So, Molly was born May 8th, 1998. Her parents are Rob and Laura Tibbetts. They had divorced um, when she was young, like, when she was a little kid, and she, along with her mom and siblings, moved to Iowa, and then her dad stayed in California. So, when Molly disappeared, she was a 20-year-old that lived in Brooklyn, Iowa. She was going to the University of Iowa, and she was a psychology major at the time. 
She was working at a kid's day camp, which sounds like the most fun summer job ever. Um, well, my internship that I've talked about, like, five <laughs> minutes ago for the Halloween party, I was, I was there for two semesters, and um, one of the semesters was um, during the summer, and mm-hmm. because my internship was working with, like, kids in, like, the school district, because it was summer, they weren't in school, but this program, um, they had summer camp, and so the summer camp was with kids in the community, and, like, the, like, the kids, more of the kids that we worked with, and the kids that we worked with were kids who, like, struggled with, like, um, some, like, emotional and, like, that kind of stuff. But anyways, it was so fun, because, I would, we would be going, so, I don't know, have I said what my major was in school? I don't think so. Okay, so my major in school was social work. And while we were doing, while I was doing my internship, I had my internship and my internship class. My internship class, um, we would, it was everyone in my internship cohort, or not, my social work cohort, and we would talk about, like, our internships and stuff, and so, the people like, who did the same internship as me, we'd, like, go to this, and all the people would be talking about their, like, scary, like, social work jobs, working with, like, um, family protective services, and just, like, their really sad stories, and their, or, like, how much paperwork that they have to do, like, all this other stuff, because everyone had, there was very, like, variety, like, of different internships. And then we would talk about ours, and then my teacher was like, how does it make you feel that Haley and the couple other girls, that their internship, they get to go to, like, the water park and the zoo and stuff, because it was really, really fun. And everyone else had to do, like, either, like, like a ton of boring paperwork or deal with, like, some, like, scary situations. And then we were just with a bunch of little kids and, like, going to, like, fun places that sounds so fun. It was fun. My internship was really good. Go to really a water park in the zoo. I'm gonna go to the zoo. I know. I feel bad going to the zoo though. I, know. I like I like the zoo because I like looking at the animals and then I feel bad that they're in ca- captivity. Well, well, only feel bad for like Six Flags. Those I are, know. The zoo is okay because they can't go back into the wild. That's true. But they're helping them. <laughs> The and that's what I tell myself. The poor Six Flags animal. I know. Six Flags doesn't come at us. I'm sorry. We're not popular enough for you to come at us. <laughs> well, so she's working this super fun summer job. And because it's summer, she's nearing her sophomore year. Um, and on July 18th, 2018, Molly was dog-sitting alone. Why? This is always dog sitting, Lauren. We dog sit too much for you, you and your dog sitting stories. Because now I'm gonna be like, people are gonna ask me dog sitting. I'm like, no, I don't feel like dying because I'm gonna get murdered. Because every story Lauren talks about is about some girl getting murdered because she was dog sitting by herself. Well, she. It's not necessarily that she was. It, it's not because she was dog sitting. Okay. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry, but what are the odds that I would? <laughs> I know. The odds are weird. I Tell me why this is the second time. I know. You're probably going to find another story with someone dog sitting and they get murdered. I'm sure there's more. Well, just to tell you, the dog is okay. <laughs> Does the dog die? No. So, she's dog sitting alone at her boyfriend's brother's house. And she left to go on a jog. 
and she was last seen at about 7.30 p.m., which is the night jog. I don't know. I'd just be scared of that because I've heard too many stories. Yeah. And this I, is another one. I would, if I was going to jog at night, I would make sure it was, like, in a very, like, lit area. Like, maybe, like, like a football stadium because that's, like, what people would do when I went to, when I went to college because the football stadium is always really lit. Well, so she, like, they live in a rural-ish area, so 7.30 p.m., there's not a lot of lights. No. Um, Did she run with a flashlight? Like Probably. I, I know a lot of people, like, when they go running at night, they'll wear, like, headlamps or something. Yeah. Okay, I wouldn't be scared that, like, a person would murder me. I'd be scared, like, that, like, a Demogorgon would come get me or Slenderman would come get me. Just, like, a monster. Like, that's what I'm afraid of. Yeah, you think, start looking at the shadows. I'm like, like, where are the two? Like, Bathsheba's gonna come get me. Some demon is gonna come get me. So, she left at 7.30 p.m., and that was the last, her last known whereabouts. <sighs> and when she didn't show up to work the next day, her family reported her missing. The police started investigating right away, and they look into the boyfriend. Of course. First. it's always the boyfriend. <laughs> yeah. But... Not probably not in this case. Not in this case because they saw that Molly's last known communication was with her boyfriend, who's out of town for work over a one hundred and thirty miles away. So he had an airtight alibi, and her boyfriend apparently though he received a Snapchat from her that night showing her indoors. Was that like after she was like after seven p.m. That's what they were sort of confused. They're trying to figure out a timeline. But... They they think that that was her last, like... Like, it was, like, 7.30... Like, that was her last oh, picture. Okay. They don't think... Like, it wasn't, like, a destin like a destination. Oh, okay. So, like, her... That's how they know she probably went out jogging yeah. at, like, 7.30. Because it was probably just, like, a selfie with a piece on, like, about to go jog. Yeah. I don't know. I don't have Snapchat, so I don't know how to communicate on there. That's basically died. <laughs> well, didn't you use to have Snapchat? I had it for like a day because I was required to for a school thing. Oh, okay. And they they made us like play with all the filters. It was so weird. Sounds kind of fun though. So then I sent in my teacher just selfies of me. <laughs> that's, that's, that is kind of weird. <laughs> I was like, I don't know what I'm supposed to send for you. <laughs> so anyway. <laughs> I used to have a Snapchat. I don't anymore. It's just me talking about all the social medias that I have. That I had and now have deleted. Now we just communicate through Instagram. Yeah, Instagram. <laughs> or try Pinterest. Doesn't work. <laughs> People <laughs> think you're spam. <laughs> um, sorry. No, you're good. So the police were trying to piece together this timeline of Molly. And they're trying to figure this out. But they... So she was a former cross-country runner... And she was known for using her Fitbit tracker. So the police end up narrowing down locations to only a few areas. Her boyfriend's home, a car wash, and a truck stop. And then two farms. So since her disappearance, over the next few weeks, the police investigated every lead they found with over 2,300 tips and over 500 interviews. They kept super busy and people called in sightings all the time, but they were all later dismissed because they were all false. 
Yeah. I think that just shows, like, their community. Yeah. They're, they have, like, a good community, because, like, a bunch of people are, like, I don't know. No, it's, it's so, it's so good. Like, everyone in the community, all over, they, like, had flyers, even all over the country. They were all yeah. searching for her and wearing t-shirts with her pictures on it, actively searching through the rural areas, alleys, everything in between. Yeah. But after almost a month passed with no breaks in the case, her father announced that he would be returning back to his home in California um, just to resume life. And it was really sad. But before Molly's father could even leave, the police made a discovery. While watching the surveillance footage of Molly's route, so they sort of pieced together her journey and going through... I don't even know how they can do this. It's so cool. But they just go everywhere and they look for surveillance footage. That is, like, pretty cool. Um, but they find, um, on her route for her jog, the police see a black Chevy Malibu driving back and forth in this area. And the police link the car to 24-year-old Christian Bahena Rivera. That's... He lived in the area and worked at a local farm near Brooklyn, Iowa, where she lived, where Molly lived. Tell Brooklyn! (laughs) Sorry, that's a Beastie Boys song. The police were like, hey man, like, do you know anything? They're just like, literally just like, asked him like, what's up? And he's... Because they saw his his car. Yeah, because they saw his car. They asked him like... Like, "Mm, did you see anything? Yeah. Like, what's hmm. going on? Do you have any info? And he's, like, he just confesses. He's, like, I kidnapped her and murdered her. Oh, oh my gosh. And, like, just immediately... S- spills his guts. Yep. Spills. spills them. So, on August 21st, he led them to where he dumped her body, which was in a secluded cornfield. Oh, Rivera explained gosh. that he found Molly very attractive, and he Ew. approached her and started running alongside her, and then also behind her. Uh, that's scary. Super creepy. And she, you know, threatened to call the police. Like, he's trying to, like, talk to her, and, like, yeah. he's like, you're so beautiful. Like, that's so creepy. I'd be like, okay, thanks. So... She threatened to call the police on him. She's like, you're creeping me out. Please leave me alone. Yeah. Just like, just like in our last story. And she's like, I'm going to call the police on you. Please go away. And, you know, he says that he blacked out and like, doesn't remember anything. And then she's dead. He attacked her. The next day on August 22nd, 2018, Um, Rivera was charged. So, the day after he led them to her body, he was charged with first-degree murder. And then on May 17th, 2021, his trial finally started. So, that's several years later. And, you know, trials take a long time, but especially with COVID and... I know, COVID stopped, like... Yeah. All, like, a bunch of trials. The whole pandemic, there were just so many delays in general. Rivera pleaded not guilty, which makes no sense because he's like, I did it. And he's literally showing where the body was. Like, how do you plead not guilty? I didn't do it, but here's the body. And she got stabbed by me somehow. Wait, what was his first name again? Um, Christian. So he's also a creepy Chris. <gasps> oh my goodness. Creepy Chris. So. 
I don't know if I don't know if it will catch that, but that he was my dog. He doesn't like creepy Chris's either, so. So on August thirtieth, twenty twenty-one, Rivera was sentenced to the maximum sentence, life without the death. possibility of parole, because in the state of oh. Iowa, they do not have the death penalty. Oh. He's now in Fort Madison, Iowa, serving his time at the Iowa State Penitentiary. Um, this case was actually heavily politicized because of the status of Rivera's immigration. He was not a legal U.S. citizen, so people were trying to say that because of the, you know, horrible, terrible things he did to Molly, that it was, in some ways, like, it's because he was an illegal citizen? I don't know. That doesn't make sense, because it doesn't matter your, your, like, status, like, in a... Like, whatever your status is, it doesn't matter. Um, if you're a murderer. If you're a murderer, yeah. There are, like, a ton of people who are, like, legal citizens of the United States and they're murderers. Like, doesn't... It doesn't make it doesn't, sense. That doesn't affect it. I know. So, but, like, her family, Molly's family, the Tibbets, they did not want her case to be politicized. They wanted to remember her and not talk about this monster that murdered their daughter. Um Yeah. They just wanted to start a different conversation of, um, of women, you know, rejecting men and then them getting angry and murdering them. Yeah. And well, and then they don't want their daughter to be like the, the, well, not the spokesman, but the... The face. The, yeah, the face of, like, this issue that they're like, no, that's not what happened. Like, that's... Yeah. It has nothing to do with that. It was this, it's honestly, like... Just so random, like in a random attack, it's terrible. Yeah, just because she's pretty, and he thought she was attractive. It's just like a psycho, like picking some random girl. I know. It's control. It's I control. Know. Just because he couldn't, he couldn't control himself. He couldn't control himself, and he tried to control her, and she did was not having it. So he Ugh. went crazy. Um. So our last story that I'm going to be telling you is about the murder of Mary Unique Spears. Unique. Yeah, so Mary, also known as Unique, that's what most people called her, she was only 27 years old on the fateful night of her death. She was on the east side of Detroit. Um, She had just attended a funeral earlier that day and then was attending a funeral reception, spending time with family and friends. And this was, like, kind of more of a fun party like it was described some places call it like a funeral reception um sorry i slurred my words together some 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 resources called this mine's been day drinking (laughs) some people called this a funeral reception and some called it like a nightclub so i'm not not really sure what maybe 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 they had the reception at a nightclub it's called the joe lewis post in Detroit. I'm gonna look it up. It's a city or town hall kind of. It's not okay. really a nightclub. Okay, so someone described it though, like in one of my resources, they described it as a nightclub. So they said that it was like, you know, just like they're partying it up. I it, mean, it's it, like a normal like venue for like a thing. It's not like, yeah. it's not like a club. Yeah, so, you know, they're just having fun together putting the fun and funeral that sounds really insensitive but everyone <laughs> everyone grieves their own the, way the fun and funeral i mean that's what i would want 
yeah, they're celebrating their friend's life. And they're trying to have, like, a good time, you know, like, after this funeral. Yeah. Um, and, yeah. So, Unique was a mother to three boys. Oh, no. Ages eight, four, and one. They're so little. I know, really young kids. And, and she's so young, too. I know, only 27. <gasps> she was also engaged to be married. Oh, my gosh. This is... So sad. She was very happy in her life and so excited for this next chapter with her fiancé. During this night out, a man unknown to all the guests and the Some family... random dude. Yeah, just a random guy, approached um, Unique and started harassing her, asking for her name and her phone number. Obviously, because she was engaged, she said no. Yeah, and she's like, thank you, next. Yeah, you goodbye. Um, and it was quoted that she said, I have a man, I can't talk to you. Yeah. She's like, boy, bye. Yeah. And, like, he's, like, her fiancé's there with yeah. him. Yeah. So, she can just be like, hey, look, it's him right this there. Please, my fiance. please stop yeah. talking to me. He's gonna fight you. And he continued to harass her for the next several hours of the night. Ew. And finally, at 2 a.m., she's done. She's like, I just want to leave. Can't yeah. deal with him anymore. This man grabbed and hit her oh, as gosh. her and her fiancé were trying to leave. The fiancé then tried to intervene because he's like, no one, no one's going to hit her. Yeah. And then a fight broke out between the fiancé and this random guy. The man, who we later find out is 38-year-old Mark Dorch, pulls out... Dorch. <laughs> he pulls out a gun and aimed it at Spears and then oh. he shot her. my gosh. And this is, like, so close. Like, pretty much point-blank range. Yeah. And as she tried to run away, he shot her multiple times in the head. Oh. He also shot several more people, including Spears' fiancé and several other me- members of her family, and a woman outside, and they and he injured all of them. They, but none of the other people died? No, it was only Mary that died. That's um, so sad. Mary Unique Spears unfortunately died that night, all because a man could not accept a two-letter word no. So, I know that one was a little small. All these, or, I know that story was a little short, and um, all these stories, it's so sad. That is sad. Um, just because these guys couldn't, you know, they just needed that control. Yeah. And that was, you know, we wanted to start out Women's History Month, you know, talking about... Some of the, some of the struggles we go through as women. Yeah. And it's, it's cases like these that just, like, cause women to fear when they go out for a jog or if they... Yeah, because you never know. Like, that's, like, the problem is, like, you never know because... Of course not, like, every, like, I am someone who, like, believes people are mostly good. Yeah, I like to, like, think people are mostly good. But you also never know who's gonna be that person that's not gonna be, like, good. And so we go throughout our lives, like, kind of unsure of, like, you gotta kind of, like, for, like, safety reasons, just gotta assume, like, Mm -hmm. gotta assume, like, I'm gonna, like, maybe, like, not like, I don't know. It, well, it's really sad because, especially in, like, Caroline's case, the first one I talked about, 
she, you know, tried to tell him over and over again, leave me alone. She tried to get her parents involved, her work involved. She was trying to make people aware of this, yeah. and it's still, nothing was yeah, happening. Yeah, nothing was happening. And there were, like, other things that he was doing that the police could have stepped in, and they did nothing. Um... Because, I don't know, there wasn't enough evidence for his assault. I don't know. That's just, like... It's just really sad. That is so sad. Like, I mean, I'm sure that, like, evidence is hard, especially for those things. Yeah. And especially, like, when someone comes forward, because if they come forward later, then it's harder to find evidence, obviously. Yeah, 100%. But um, it's just really sad. It is really sad. And, um... Um, Lauren has a, she has a cool, um, little, what does your thing say? Your, my keychain? Your keychain? My keychain says... It's, it's on her, like, keychain, her keys that have her, like, pepper spray and stuff. Yeah, I have my, I have my pepper spray, my little alarm, and then I have a keychain that says, stay sexy and don't get murdered. <laughs> Isn't there also, like, a saying, like, um, uh, like, be weird? What is it? It's like, don't... There's a, there's a saying, um, sorry, there's a saying our other favorite, uh, true crime podcast, Crime Junkie, they say, oh. they say, be, um, be weird, be rude, stay alive. Yeah, okay. So. I can't remember what that was from. We're just gonna second them. Yeah, we. And say, like, you yes, know. queens. Just be weird, be rude. Stay alive. Just, you don't, you don't, like, don't be afraid to say no, don't be afraid to say, leave me alone, go away. And it's so hard because you don't know what is the best, like, yeah way to go about these situations, acting in, like, being nice and giving people your phone number, yeah. or if it's better to say, go away, and they'll actually leave. Um, I know. You never know. And so it's, like, why it's, it's, like, good to be informed on, like, how to, like, the best ways to, like, put yourself into, like, safer situations or to defend yourself. Yeah. I, I mean... I've take I've done a few little like self defense things before, like people teaching me, and it's so fun. I think yeah. we'll we'll have to share some of these tips. I know. Well, all I can think of is the miscongeniality of the sing, like sing. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. She's like, I'm not gonna say because I can't remember exactly how it goes, but I just think of um I t- I was taught um push till mush, and it's Ew. like for your eyes, you get your thumbs, you put your hands around their head, and you. Get your thumbs on their eyes and you push till mush. Push till mush. Yeah. Um, I have my stabby thing and I was watching um, I was watching a TV show because, you know, TV is the most informative thing ever. And this girl saying, like, she was reading, she, like, learned that if someone's bigger than you and they have you, you get something sharp and you stick it into the, your, their ear and, Yeah. Yeah, they they done. Thank you so much for listening and supporting our podcast. Follow us on Instagram at Crimes Through the Times. And look for us on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Anchor, and Apple Podcasts. Here's a sneak peek of next week's episode. And he was like, heck no, I'm out of here. So he was like... Bye. And he. We have our locations. We have to. I mean, we definitely track each other when we're on dates.